Hello and welcome back to the Lenny John Rose podcast. I'm Ash Edwards. And I'm Charlie Lanieri. This podcast is brought to you by journalism students from the University of Central Lancashire. For more content, follow at Youth on Live and at Youth on Journalism on Twitter. This week, joining us is former footballer and teammate of Lens, Dean West. He was a right back and played for Lincoln City, Burnley and Bury, just to name a few, and was coaching at Lincoln and now scouting for Blackburn. Firstly, Len, how is your health this week? Um, okay, thanks. Uh, at the moment, my voice is not too bad, so how long that holds up. Um, again, hands deteriorating a little bit, but again, it's only part of the course. So, um, yeah, it seems to be um, sort of plateauing out for the moment, so long may that continue. That's good to hear. So I believe you both played each other at Bury and Burnley. What was it like playing with Lendy? Well, we had a great time. We were pretty successful uh, at the era we played at Bury and at Burnley as well. So obviously when you're playing the successful side, um, you enjoy it more. Uh, and obviously we grew to be friends. Um, not just colleagues, so you know it, it, it moved on from there really. So we, we, we had a good footballing career together at the, the club that we played at. And Len, what about you? What was it like playing with someone like Dean? Um, yeah, again, we we were kind of um, really good mates quite quickly. To be honest, um, we were always sort of more than just teammates. Um, he sort of joined very, I think, a couple of years after me and sliding quite well. But yeah, we sort of knew each other's game inside and out. And, and I've sort of gone on record as saying that where Westy was like the original wing back who sort of would go up and down the wing, provide crosses, get back, defend, do all that sort of stuff, which um, sort of happens a lot more now in the modern game. But yeah, good teammates and we're roommates as well. So we know each other's really bad habits. He's got a lot more than I have. Um, but I think all the years I managed to sort of straighten him out a little bit and um, rectify some of those disgusting habits that he used to have. He's not even coming back either because he knows it's all true. I'm just waiting, just waiting for my cue. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I wash my hands properly now because you always told me to wash my hands. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was told, as you know, we played for Stan Turner, so we always did as we were told. Oh, yeah, of course we did. Yeah, and if we didn't, we know about it. <laughs> Well, I would know about it. Really, what was it like, Dean, for you, kind of finding out Len's diagnosis? It, it can't have been easy. It, it was a, a, a massive shock. Um, but, you know, it, as I say, it wasn't all about how, how I was feeling. It was obviously Len. And I know uh, I know the exact date. I know where I was when he told me because uh, the, at the time, we'd, we'd been... Um, we missed each other a few times with calls because we'd, we'd catch up every couple of weeks and what have you. Uh, and we just kept missing each other. And I rang him. I was, I was watching a game at Macclesfield um, before we were scouting for Lincoln. Uh, it was 17th of April. I wrote it down. But I've got it in my phone, so I know what it was. So I phoned him before the game, and then uh, and nothing more at the game. And then he phoned me on the way back. Uh, and it was you know, about quarter past five. And it was the 17th of April, 2017. And I was parked at some traffic lights, just, just coming out of Macclesfield when, uh, when Len told me. Um, and, and I know from speaking to him afterwards that it was a massive relief for him because um, he, he hadn't been able to tell anybody, uh, you know, 
family and things like that, but it, it actually helped him to, to tell tell me, uh, and obviously Paul as well, his uh, his best mate from school. Uh, so I think it was an offload that he he wanted to do, and uh, he told me that. And, uh, Obviously, we, we kept it under our hats for was it about a year, wasn't it, Len? Before you actually yeah, at least a year, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it was difficult in respect of, you know, not telling people. But, you know, obviously told my wife and what have you like. But it was, you know, the circles that you move, are moving now uh, wasn't sort of like teammates from when we played together. So it was, it was quite easy to keep it to yourself. But, you know, it just, we, we, we kept in touch more regularly then, and I kind of started going up more often. And I, I used me, me the scouting uh, days uh, to call him and see Len, and then we started going out a bit more because it was one of them, you know, once he'd, said, once he'd told me, it was like, well, you know, as Len says... Yeah, that you know, seems so better. Good to know, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, but I thought, you know, you said that, like, so... But you've, you've lasted quite a long time so since then, so fair, haven't you? Yeah, to be fair, to a disappointment of quite a few people, I, I reckon, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was, um, I mean, I think I told you before, most of the members of my family, to be quite honest with you, um, like I say, we also kept in touch, but, um, it was, it was, you right, it was a relief for me to, uh, to be able to have that conversation, and although we didn't sort of go hammering tongues, talk about it every phone call, because certainly for me, I wanted to, um, almost kind of there's nobody feel like can for people to treat me normally to tell sort of my closest friends was hard to do but having said that it was good for me to sort of um release that burden if you like and be able to share a little bit of so sort of what i'm going through and, and also to um let people know why i was doing the sort of things i was doing or not doing the sort of things that i used to do so um, they could sort of put the pieces together a little bit more, um, which helped. Uh, yeah, I think that, you, you said to me, didn't you, like one well, of the first things you said, you, you, I want this to carry on as normal. You know, there's no, yeah. no even such like, I don't need to pussyfooting around and what have you like. So, you know, it was a case of we, we carry on our conversations as we, we do. When we do go out, we carry on as, as, as we, we used to do. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, try and be as normal as possible, uh, which, you know, we we had to do and we, we carry on. Uh, we organised the night out uh, cup final day not long after that 17th of April to get a few things. And obviously I couldn't tell anybody. Uh, we got it was a, a difficult time to get people out because it was football season still uh, still on. Uh, a lot of people had gone away, so we got we got a handful of people uh, together. We went out for a drink in Preston, uh, and then the following year we sort of like kept it as a as a ritual. So we got we got cup final day. It's been socially, we've had a, we've had a, a a good time out of it. Obviously, with what's happening recently, you know, we haven't been able to do the social events that have been planned because we've got a trust fund going as well for MNP and for for, for Len and his family, um, which myself and Paul uh, set up. And so we've got loads of events going on uh, throughout the year, which obviously been postponed for the last you know, three four months. Uh, but once everything's out of the way and this is as far as this is it's cleared up as such, like we'll, we'll we'll crack on again with all that sort of stuff. Like we've got golf days and you know um, all sorts of different things, events and charity games going on. So hopefully we can crack on with all them things when, once uh, once get, everything gets it all clear. Told you it was a good mate, didn't I? Len, you uh, you, you mentioned there that you you know you rang Dean and you told him directly and. And then you sort of give him the go ahead as well as a few others to, to sort of tell a few more people. Is that 
Is that the way you went about it? Is that the way you wanted to go about it? Would you rather tell the people closest to you and get the message passed on further that way? Well, initially, we, myself and Nate, um, didn't want the children to know, kind of protecting them. So the fewer people knew, the better, really. With, you know, what social, uh, social media is like. So um, that was the main reason why I kept from our family, really. So I told a couple of people who I knew would keep it to themselves. And but yeah, in terms of family, my, my way is to kind of, I spoke to a few face to face, a few over the phone, over the phone. Um, not one of them was particularly pleasant. The conversations uh, we had to be done. Yeah. Um, and regards to people outside the family and sort of friends circle. Um, that was done, like I said, when I actually came out in, the, in August of 2018. Um, and then we you know came back since then to be honest in terms of the way that I felt so mentally the best thing I've so it's um, all good Dean I just I just want to ask you like have you did you find quite a lot of pressure knowing that you were one of the few that Len actually chose to tell difficult because you know, you know it, it was dealing with somebody else's um you know diagnosis so it's like you know it was devastating news uh, and to be honest with you you know it's one of them things I'd, I'd heard of mnd but only in passing because i didn't know anybody who had it i didn't know anything about it so you know i was saying to everybody else you know you know when, when it, it came out such you know what is mnd you know i was i was looking and obviously i know more about it now but at the time, it was like, well, you know, I can remember when Len told me, I said, well, he said, I've got MND. I said, well, what do, you, what do you do now? What's next? What's the next step? And he was like, well, there isn't no next step. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And then obviously he told me, it, and it's devastating, but, you know, he, he trusted me enough to, to um, for that to tell me, uh, which, you know, I was, you know, it was humbling really to, to, to believe that Len wanted to tell me as well. Uh, and he knew that I would, I would keep it to myself. And obviously, let my wife know. Uh, and you know we dealt with it in in the way that we could. What are your best memories as as footballers, starting with you, Len? Um, oh wow, there's so many. Um, difficult to sort of pinpoint one or two. I think obviously the promotion years at um, Bury and Burnley figure quite highly. Or well, even things like making my debut at Blackburn as a kid. Um, Somebody recently sent me, recently sent me um, some videos of my goals at Hartlepool. And again, looking back to the difference in me then as a footballer to what I ended up um, almost being known for and how I changed myself there. I'm pleased about that. Uh, days of Swansea were a wonderful place to live. Fantastic people. Um, so, yeah, many, many highs. Not too many lows, to be honest, but um, I think the best thing about football for me is that I've managed to get maybe three or four people who I consider as long-term, lifelong friends, and that's, that's the best thing to come out of it, really. The game is just a game. It's what goes on afterwards, really, and after every game, I would be, win or lose, no big deal, 
go out with mates, enjoy the night or the afternoon, whatever. And like I say, it's where you get out of the game. And for me, it was those three or four good mates that, like I say, will be lifelong. Yeah, I mean, you know, back in our era, I never thought I'd be saying this back in our era, it was a different a different lifestyle as such. Like, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd go in and, and train and, and play the games and you, you know you could go out after a game and whether you got beat 3-0 or 1-3-0, you know, you could you could do what you wanted, really. You'd go down the pub with your mates, you could go to a nightclub with your mates, you could have, a, have a, what you wanted to drink, you could come in at what time you want and all that sort of stuff. And you, you knew that you, it wouldn't be on social media the next day. You were doing this, and, and they said we weren't that high profile, like. But you know, in the scheme of things, we were playing in the championship with with, with Burnley, and obviously full season with with, with Berry as well. And you, you couldn't do those sort of things nowadays without you know courting some publicity and things like that. So um, great time as a footballer, uh, really enjoyed it, and you know, uh, you know. You miss it the first few years when you first stop playing. Uh, I didn't. You, I know you. I know what you're about to say. Like you know, Lennon came across. I didn't really like him football or such. Like he, you know, he's that was his sort of persona. You know, I'll, I'll go and play football and and I'll do. I get paid for it and it's my job. But I'll, I'll do something else as well. He, he wasn't a lover of football and training. He used to tell us all the time, "Don't really like this, but I'll get on with it." And but he weren't bad at it to be fair. So you know, he got by. That is. The highest of high phrase, mate. That does not get any higher. Thank you ever well, so much. Well, I don't give much praise that because I didn't get much from the player from Stan, did I? Now, oh, yeah, that was so. That's my fault, is it? <laughs> yeah, my fault. It was always good in the change room. When one of us, if, we, if he was getting battered by a star, he'd be sitting quietly thinking, it's not nice, mate, but I'm just glad he's not shouting at oh, me. Oh, the best and days ever. He's like, Len's like saying, yeah, and I know what you're thinking. He's thinking, well, I'm glad he's just not me. So <laughs> They're the best days ever. Watching him absolutely hammer someone. Like, my shoulders are going all the time. Like, this is killing me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the best thing in football, actually. Oh, what would you down, like, having a, yeah. a right turn? And I love that. As a 47-year-old man, I've never yeah. sat listening to Stan shout at me. And I'd probably oh, still yeah. coward. Yeah, Gaffer, you're right. You're right, Gaffer. Yeah, you're all right, Gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, and they still call him Gaffer as well. Brilliant. So yeah, the last the last final day, we went out in the in Preston, didn't we? And obviously Stan came. So I went to Len's house to to or staying over at Len's. We went to got well, obviously Len uh, took his time to get ready. It was supposed to be out at two o'clock. It was it was half past two. He was just about to start getting ready. Uh, so he got to about three o'clock. We got to the pub in Preston about ten past three. Walked through the door, first person to stare at me with that glare, Stan Turnham. Where the, where the FNL have you been, Fred? And I, I looked at him, he went, get to the bar, get the drinks in. And I'm like, you know, a middle-aged man with, 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 with children. And I went, OK, Gaffer, yeah, what do you want to drink? Cowering <laughs> <laughs> like a big child, like a little child being told off at school. That's amazing. So, Dean, you played 158 times for Burnley. That was the most you appeared in a club. And then you appeared for Burnley 84 times. Was Burnley the most enjoyable club for the two of you? Probably. Yeah, it is because we had such a great time at Burnley as well. We, there was, it was a different club, really. Um, a smaller club, lower expectations, achieved an awful lot. Made some good mates out of it. Um, I think 
when I speak about the three or four mates that I've made out of football, I think they're probably all from Bury, maybe one or two from Burnley, but yeah. So really good times at Bury Football Club. Um, just a different place, really. But yeah, you look back at the dress room at Burnley, and um, we had um, a charity do a couple of years ago, Burnley versus Swansea. And all the old guys from Burnley turned up. It was like they'd never been away. It was great. You sort of miss that, really, when you think back. But, um, yeah, Burnley, Berry, take a pick between those two for me. Yeah, same sort of thing for me. Like, the, the, the Berry thing was, I think that's where we all sort of, like, uh, developed as players and, and, and people. And, and, you know, we, we had a, a camaraderie about us uh, because nothing was expected of us and standard put us all together, you know, you know, lads that had probably not been successful at other clubs, and we all just came to to, to Bury and, and and gelled together, uh, and we had, you know we got promotion, um, two promotion on the bounce. We went bang bang, yeah. didn't we? From the one would be League League Two now, so we went to League One and then into the Championship as such with with with, li- with little Bury, as I say. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those yeah. things that you don't see that very often now. Uh, but that was the sort of like I say the downfall of that team really because we'd all been successful and then two years and then all the players started getting picked off to go to, to other clubs as, as they like, you know, bigger uh, bigger clubs and you know, it, it furthered everybody's career. Uh, and you know, you, you wouldn't begrudge people moving that and you know, we, we all moved on in the end. Um and, yeah, and, we did. and a few of us to, to Burnley and others to, to other clubs. But and then we moved on to Burnley, which was a different animal really, because there's a, a lot of expectation there. And, and Stan had gone there, and obviously Len was there, and I'd, I'd, I'd gone there by, by the time um, uh, we started developing the team there. And we were successful again by getting promoted to what would be the championship and, and staying there. So, you know, in, in, for both clubs, great times at both clubs, so we say we developed at Berry, got all them sort of like friendships and, you know, uh, developed our careers and got better players, and then went on to Burnley and, and had a an enjoyable time there with more experienced players and, and we were more experienced ourselves so I enjoyed both clubs so it was really close to to to, to, to choose between the both Obviously you know football's full of highs and lows and Len you mentioned there that it kind of the result was irrelevant it was about kind of what, what you could take from the game rather than just an individual match is there anything looking back that either of you would change from your footballing careers? To be honest, and this sounds like I, I think that I'm better than I am, but there's not a single thing in my life that I change. Um, and that's because at the time you do something, you do it for a reason. And whatever you do, good or bad, you do it. Because at that time, you think it's the right thing to do. So, um, no, I would change anything at all. Nothing about my life at all would I change at all. And... I say to my kids at the moment, um, right now, mistakes are just sort of learning tools. That's it. So, um, it, while it's difficult for me to come across serious for once, but um, yeah, that's what that's what I say to the kids. Any mistake you make is just a learning tool. So, no, wouldn't change a thing. Don't wish for anything more than I've got. Um, so, no, I've had a good life, and uh, like I say, long may it continue. What about you? Well, that was deep. <laughs> Very deep there, mate. I was going to go, I don't know how to follow that. Uh, listen, no, no regrets at all for me. Um, football was fantastic. You know, he, he got paid a decent wage. 
or running around, keeping fit, you know, working for two or three hours a day, training and then going home. Do you know what I mean? And, and how footballers can ever moan about these things, I'll never know. Uh, but, you know, it's one of the things that I've got no regrets whatsoever. Um, I just wish I got Len into golf a little bit earlier yeah. than what he uh, did, because all the times we used to go on end-of-season trips with our golf clubs and all that sort of stuff, Len would say, golf? Rubbish golf. That's rubbish golf. Don't know what sort of game. What, walking around, hitting a white ball into a hole? What are you, what are you about? What's, what's that all about? So, uh, until he finished playing football and then decided, oh, looks like a decent game, that. So we did, we did have a, a couple of uh, trips to Spain uh, with a group of a couple of groups of friends uh, when when we, we both finished playing, uh, so we, we did sort of like get to uh, enjoy that sort of like side of it, albeit a few years down the line from where it should have been really. So, Dean, what do you think about Len going in to talk to younger players and kind of about MND and is that something that you're kind of you you help him out with? Is that something you're involved in? It's fantastic. I mean, I know it was difficult to get into all the clubs to start with, especially the higher clubs. But the clubs that he has got into, you know, he said that he's they've been really receptive and listened, and you know, you know, it's educated a lot of people as well about MND. Because to say, you know, I didn't know, you know, when when he when he told me, you know, I was a, you know, in my middle forties. So you know, going to clubs and speaking to younger players about it. Is only beneficial for them as well because you know it's life skills at the end of the day as well, isn't it? You know, knowing about things that are going on in the world, uh, and you know, if you can get other people knowing about it and higher profile people and higher profile clubs, you know, they'll get the message out there about MND, and you know, hopefully, in you know, in the not too distant future, there will be more help available for MND sufferers, and you know, you know, maybe possibly be able to find a cure or at least you know, make, make people's lives last last a bit longer. Now to just finish off this week, I couldn't not ask you this, but on the first ever episode of this podcast, Len told us about a particular superstition that you had Dean before every game. Firstly, can I ask what the reason is for it? What's that then? I don't know what you're talking about. What's that? Yeah, you're pretty much poo. All right, straight to the point there. (laughs) Can you remember that? Is that what you used to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. Every game. In fact, in fact, every Friday, if we were against Saturday, every evening, yeah, door open. Um, that's just you. Um, again, oh, yes, that's another thing. You said you should lock the door when you go to the toilet as well. You didn't do that. I still haven't learned that lesson, that message. So just, I find it amusing when people walk in, like they look on the face. That's all. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like one of the things. You know, it's funny. You share it when you share when you share a hotel room with a. Another another bloke and they, they, they put the door open. They see you sitting on the throne. It, it's, it's quite it's quite amusing, really. Especially it's funny you say that because um, I was um, talking to my brother uh, a few days ago. It was rub it down, rub it down. I went, look, mate, I've got to go. Why have you got to go? Right, I want to toilet. I want the big poo. Right, I want to go. He went, why have you thought of this? Why have you so he started like really stressing because I told him was on the toilet. And then he brought up about the day that he was rooming with you, within your apartment in Spain, where he, put, he went, he said he was just there on the toilet with the door open. It's disgusting. <laughs> Why did you do that? I was like, oh, get over it. He has got a massive hang-up over that. So um, 
Yeah, yeah. Charlotte Humor's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, some people don't yeah. want to talk about it. I could talk all day about it. If you want to carry this podcast on for a long, long time, I can, I can talk about it all day. I'm not embarrassed about it one, one, one bit. So it's all my mates. You know, they've, all, they've all seen me on my pro. It's not, it's not a problem with me. We yeah. know. We have support. <laughs> but yeah, so every, every, every evening before the game, every game in there, just what it does, I think it's nerves. It's got me yeah. nerves. Definitely nerves. Like, just... just just getting that weight down as well, do you know what I mean? You know, making sure you're not carrying as much so you can get around the pitch a bit better. Because I was trying to eat it less. Either that or, or, the, or the wrong diet. Yeah, try eating less. <laughs> that might work. Yeah, because pretty much meals when we went away with, with the clubs we was at, Barry was like, what, soup and sandwiches, pea and ham soup, tuna sandwiches, and then with, with Burnley, you know, in the championship, we were having, uh, what, big three-course dinner on a night, like, you know, carvers. Oh, I read this. Right up the next day. So, do you know what I mean? But it didn't do us any harm, did it? No, it didn't, mate. Well, it might have done. It might be even more successful, mate. <laughs> you never know. It helped, it helped us along the way. There you go. Nine episodes in and we found out the reasoning. Happy days. Um, firstly, a big thank you to Lennon, Dean and Charlie for joining me this week. Feel free to message us on Twitter. Our handles are at AshEdwards2000, at CharlieNure and at LJohnRose. And for more content, please follow at Live and at JournalismYuclan on Twitter. Please stay home and follow the advice we've been given. Thank you to all the NHS staff and the key workers for what they're doing in these challenging times. Stay safe and we'll see you next week for another Lenny John Rawls podcast.